Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, a statistics in sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. The fellow host. Um, yeah, so today we are going to be talking about uh, quarterback rating and trying our darndest to era adjust it in some way. Um, era adjusting anything is kind of the way it sounds as sports move throughout time as they move throughout their history certain aspects of the game change and therefore bring room for people to try to standardize everything to make comparing players and comparing statistics over the course of time a little bit easier yeah so we've been talking about doing this topic for honestly more than a couple weeks probably a couple months now since we first uh brainstorm some ideas for what we were trying to do with the podcast and recently um 538.com great statistical website put out an article (laughs) fantastic website put out an article um arguing about how the statistic needs to be changed because currently kirk cousins has a higher uh what rating are we doing? <laughs> because currently Kirk Cousins has a higher QB rating than Joe Montana. Joe Montana is one of probably the top four quarterbacks of all time, top five. Um, Kirk Cousins might not be in the top ten of quarterbacks currently in the league. So they're right. It needs to be adjusted. So th- this comes about in a, in a manner of ways um... – I think we actually did mention this when we first talked about a quarterback rating in episode like three, that if like if like you have a game with no touchdowns in it, your quarterback rating will never be perfect because you didn't throw touchdowns and and touchdown percentage mm-hmm. is part of the quarterback rating um, formula, right? So much like this, if if you lack counting stats, or if you just have more touchdowns to increase your percentage and or all of these things more yards what have you it's going to affect your quarterback rating it doesn't make you better it just means that you're playing in an era like i said era mm-hmm. adjustment that allows for those things to happen okay and that's one of the points that's addressed in this article which is nice because it gives us kind of a springboard for talking about this mm-hmm and naturally, since quarterbacks nowadays are throwing more touchdowns, less interceptions, and for more yards than ever before, they're going to have much higher ratings than quarterbacks in the past. But we're going to go into why and all that. So a little bit of history, because history is fucking awesome. Uh, this was adopted uh, in 1973 by the NFL, basically as just a fun stat for them to use to rate quarterbacks and that's really it nobody really took it very seriously until the modern era the current modern era um and especially nowadays so let's just go over what uh, quarterback average is quickly one more time so it's essentially there's four equations total involved a plus b plus c plus d divided by 6 times 100. Equation A is completions over attempts, minus 0.3 times 5. B is yards over attempts, minus 3 times 0.25. C is touchdowns over attempts, times 20. And D is 2.375 minus interceptions over attempts, times 25. So I know we talked about this in the QB episode. Touchdowns and interceptions are weighted extremely high compared to yards and almost four times as high as completions. So as those numbers gone up over the years, so has passer rating. So let's get into why. So let's take this article from the beginning. And the the first, this is so fucking petty of me. But may I say, I hate this trend in sport article headlines where it's like they're having a conversation with you like midway through. I can't stand this, especially when someone's like, um, by the way, Manny Machado's got a great war. Like, no, don't say by the way, like we were already talking. You're a journalist. Like, have some candor. 
know what you're doing. And so, like, this article says Kirk Cousins is not a better passer. Sorry, Kirk Cousins is not better passer. No, fucking, I messed it up. Hold on. Kirk Cousins is not better than Joe Montana, so let's fix passer rating. Like, why not just say we're going to try to error adjust passer rating in, in some kind of nicer dialogue? Don't talk to me like you fucking know me. We are not acquainted. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, my God, Josh. So You're ru- you are point. ruining our chances for working in Big J journalism. I'm that's not okay. Though. Anyway, <laughs> please continue. All right, so let's get started. The article starts off with comparing Joe Montana and Kirk Cousins' passer rating, as you would expect. Joe Montana's career rating is 92.3, and Kirk Cousins' career rating is 95. So when this first came out in 1973, the NFL wanted a passer rating of 67 to be league average. So going back, if you did these stats all the way back to 1950, back in the Otto Graham days of football, League average was 52.9. Today, it's 92.9. So league average today is higher than Joe Montana's career passer rating. Again, I want to reiterate, the average today, so 16 quarterbacks in the NFL today, are not better than Joe Montana was throughout his entire career. Let's just reiterate that. So it goes through about why passer ratings have been going up and kind of what they are today. All right. So what they did was they took the average from each year and just divided it for each passer rating that year and brought it down to an average. So by doing this, they they found themselves a nice little number that they were able to do. It's boring, pretty basic stuff. So the way they adjusted it... um, it went down slightly for current quarterbacks, not too much. So this past year in 2018, Drew Brees put up a 115.7, which is tremendous. Um, with 538 snood rating, he would have brought down to 103.3, which is still above 100, which is tremendous. And he would be the only quarterback to do so this year. Um, and then they also did that with some of the uh, some of the biggest quarterbacks over the years, Steve Young, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, guys like that. So with the new rating that they implemented at 538, some players took a dip just a little bit, like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, like I said. Uh, but big name guys like Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, and Case Keenum dropped by over 22 points. So Blake Bortles went from an 80.6, which is above league average, quite respectable, to a 55, dropping 25 whole points. Um, As you can imagine, Blake Bortles is not a good quarterback by any sense of the word. So this, they actually did a pretty good job with this. I like it. Um, But we thought we could do a better job because we think we're smarter. So Josh put together a nice little spreadsheet that he probably spent way too much time on at work because his job is ridiculous and I want it. So I'm going to move it on over to Josh and let him talk about this and give you a little breakdown. So one of the things that when when I was um, originally trying to think of how I wanted to tackle the idea of error adjustment was... So when you deal with the NHL statistics, because NHL does error adjustment because there's been a lot of changes in some styles of gameplay and the equipment that's been used. I mean, you go back to the 1930s, no one was, goalies didn't have face masks. You know, it was a very different game. You go back to the 1980s and Gretzky's heyday and goalie pads were way smaller. So it was conceivably easier to score. Things of this nature, right? And they have a a set kind of way of doing it based on what era the player was in and what era you're looking at. So I had wanted to do it something like that. Now, the way they tackle it in the article, I really kind of disagree with where they have it. Corwin, correct me if I'm wrong. They have it where they're trying to compare it to 
uh, the league average for that year and then mm-hmm. rebuild the equation that way, right? Yep. It's, yeah, ama- I, I don't... it's amazing how you did such a better job of explaining it than I did. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so my issue with, with that, though, is that I don't think you're getting a fair representation of a quarterback's efficiency. You're, you've changed it to where now you're getting an idea of a quarterback's efficiency against league average. And if you're going to do that, why would you do it this horribly complicated way when you could just compare quarterback rating on its own? Because that seems to be an equally effective way of doing it. You're essentially just creating a new statistic instead of fixing the old one. Yeah, it's not a... I I really don't think this is a good way of doing it. I, I think that his points are all valid, but I wanted to try to do it NHL style where you have something a little bit more quantifiable that you can then use as a multiplier of some kind towards the previously established quarterback ratings to get you an idea of what it would look like era by era, okay? So I put together this spreadsheet where I pulled uh, average passing stats uh, per game, per year, going from 2018 all the way down to 1932. <laughs> so we we went back. He also used very nice colors to make it real easy to read. Yes, because I needed help. Um, I would also like to shout out once again Pro Football Reference for being the best. Make this so easy. Anyway. Greatest fucking site. It's so, so fucking good. They want to help you. They really do. <laughs> So if we're going to error adjust, the first thing I I thought that we might need to actually do is set up errors, right? So Mm -hmm. I I didn't really care what the first error was, if we're being honest here. So I have from 1932 all the way to 1969, which is a horrible, horrible set of years to do. Like, if I really wanted to be serious, we could break this down between uh, mergers and league changes and rule changes and the forward pass and shit like that (laughs) I really didn't feel like it because it's so far back it's out of our purview so I just called all of that the pre-merger era okay then I treated uh, so starting 1970s when the merger officially took took place thanks to our local hometown New York Jets defeating the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl Super Bowl 3 the most historically significant Super Bowl of all time won by Gang Green the most important franchise in the history of football I just want to I just want to point out a statistic that I saw maybe an hour ago of teams that have won the Super Bowl the Jets have the longest active drought so suck on that Jets fans You know what fucking pisses me off about that is that the Kansas City Chiefs have a one year shorter drought and no one fucking talks about it it's so goddamn annoying that drought's ending this year i'm really nah baby i'm pulling for breeze all the goddamn way but we're getting off topic and we do this too much so starting in 1970 we're going to establish a new era so now we need a new cutoff point so i went through so what i decided to do is i wanted to see um when passing kind of became the focal point for the sport so what I did was I found average per game rushing attempts uh, via Pro Football Reference. Please give us money. And <laughs> I just kind of found the difference between how many passes were being attempted per game in a given year to how many rushing attempts were being uh, attempted in a given per game in a given year. And the last time in in NFL history that rushing attempts outnumbered passing attempts per game in a given year was 1983. So starting in 1984 all the way to today, rushing attempts uh, are less. No. There are more passing attempts per game than there are rushing attempts um, pretty much since 1983. That was the last year where that wasn't the case. So I made 1970 to 1983 its own era, and I called it just passing era. Uh, No, I called it... um, post-merger so now we're in a new era starting in 1984 so then i looked at um 
some of the rule changes to get an idea of kind of how things are starting to change in the NFL that could lead to stats inflating for whatever reason, what have you. And I found that in 1993, the offseason 1993, they instituted a um, a new a passing rule change for intentional grounding. So, as I'm sure we've all seen, if your quarterback's getting in trouble, they're getting rushed, there's no receivers open, they're running around the field, whatever, they can't make a throw. What they'll do is they'll throw it out of bounds past the line of scrimmage. Okay? That used to be considered intentional grounding, and that's what changed in 1993. So, the way you're doing that is now just an incomplete pass. Even if there's no receivers nearby, like, you know, you've we've all seen this several times in the game. Before 1993, that was intentional grounding. Now it's not. So now we're going to see a lot more teams be willing to air the ball out more. That happened in 1994, not 1993. Right, right, right. Get fucked. So, and you can really see it pretty clearly in uh, in this little table that uh, that I had put together, where if you go from 1984 to 1993, what I just called the... uh, the, the passer era one, right? It's relatively no, low numbers. It's starting to climb. It, there's definitely an upward trend, but 1993 was like kind of the high water mark at 3.9, um, as being the difference between how many passes were attempted per game minus how many rushes were attempted per game, and it jumps right up in 1994 to 5.6, and and it's mm-hmm. it stays pretty. It only dips below that 3.9 mark one time in 2006, which is just an anomaly of a year. But you, you can see this is definitely a, an impactful change in favor of the passing game, okay? So now from 1994 to 2018 was just a little bit too much for me of a of, of an era. There's definitely too much that changed in between then and now, so I wanted to give us one more era in between. So in 19... Or sorry, in, in 2006 for the, for the 2007 season, they altered the roughing the passer rules, where now it's a lot, you have to kind of treat the quarterback a lot more kindly. Otherwise, it's going to be starting to be called roughing the passer more frequently. So they, uh, you can't tackle below the knees anymore. Um, they're, they, they issued statements saying that they're going to be more strictly enforcing the previous roughing the passer rules on the book, trying to just minimize quarterback injuries. So in 2007... Uh, through 2018, I called that uh, the rough in the passer era. So now we see an even crazier number of passes being attempted, where the highest watermark in the uh, what I call the intentional grounding era was six point no seven point three. Wow, that was a big year. Seven point three in 1995. Where? Uh, 2016. Oh, you're no, in. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, right, right, right. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm that's sorry. fine. Uh, right, and so the so uh, what was it? Seven point three. All right, right. So that, as compared to the high water mark in uh, the roughing the passer era, you can call this the modern era. You can call whatever the hell you want. Uh, the names are arbitrary. Is nine point seven. So, mm-hmm. so now, granted, a lot of this probably would have happened anyway. Passing is very efficient. It, it's the the the. There's a lot of great strategy that goes behind passing. It, it gives a lot of advantages that rushing didn't have. and You could say that there's some levels of these changes that would have happened regardless, but the point is that there were changes. This is how we're building out our errors. Okay? So now, what I wanted to do is I, I, I put together the average passer rating for each one of these errors. So for the pre-merger error, which, again, really doesn't matter, uh, the average passer rating was 5. 52.6. The average passer rating for the post-merger era was 67.8. Average passer rating for the what I called the passer era one was 75.3. Average passer rating for the intentional grounding era was 78.9. And the average passer rating for roughing the passer era or the modern era or whatever was 86.4. So that is a very clear trend upwards, which goes in favor of the point of this article, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I wanted to do next was I wanted to... Oh, by the way, this averages... Not that... No, it doesn't matter. So, what I wanted to do next is I wanted to find a way to give us a number where if you 
No, what am I trying to say? Alright. I wanted to give us a number, some error adjustment number, that if you took it and multiplied it by the average passer rating, you could get all of these to be the same number. The reason I'm trying to do that is I'm trying to get I'm trying to get it to be uniform. I'm trying to get everything to be going off the same point, right? So if I can get all of these numbers to be the same, and I, I did, I, I managed to, to get them so that, you know, if, if you use these this error adjustment number that I gave, they all average out to 75.29. The reason I want to do that is because now, whatever the passer rating is after doing that multiplier, for whatever error you're using it for, you know it's going to come back to that. So it kind of gives you a base level. I know the NFL's goal was 67, but I don't care <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not the NFL and they can go fuck themselves. We had a argue, short argument about this before we started where I got upset at Josh for using these arbitrary numbers of 75.29 instead of the exact number that the NFL wanted that number to be. But yeah, again, what, fuck the NFL. Who gives a shit? These are our yeah, stats. Really? Fuck them right in the ass. Um, what you I can change to... them if you want to find out. We don't oh, care. Oh, of course. Uh, no, absolutely. If you want to... What I did was I set all of these kind of to the base of Passer Error 1 just because I thought, fuck it, why not? Um, so, but if you wanted to make these with the base of 67, like, you're more than welcome to. But that's, man, that's free time you're wasting. Not us, buddy. <laughs> So, basically what this did was it, it gave us a series of numbers, right? So, if you were a quarterback in the, um, the, the, the little orange category on our thing, the post-merger era, and uh, your multiplier is 1.11. But basically what that means is that we're going to be inflating your passer era. Be, uh, we're going to be inflating your, your, your pass QB rating because your era lags behind the standard we're trying to use. And conversely, if you're in the roughing the passer modern era, you know, 20, uh, 2007 to 2018, it's going to be 0 0.87. We're trying to hamper your passer rating because it's been inflated by kind of just, well, the error you're playing. We're ever adjusting these numbers. So if we take uh, Joe Montana and we take his pass now joe montana well, when did his career span to what was his career i have oh, it up that was yeah uh 1979 to 1994 so he's going to cross over a couple of eras uh but for the most part for the mo we'll put him in passer era one because for that's most of his career all right that's fair I, yeah, I think so as well. So since I said this base passer rating, um, passer error one, we actually don't have to touch his number, fucking at all. So his number was ninety two point three, and after multiplying it by one, it will wait, stay. Wait, wait, wait. Let let them let them do it themselves. They yeah, busted uh, a calculator. Gave it to him. Fuck. Now now open your calculator and 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 type go fuck yourself <laughs> because you're multiplying by one, you goddamn moron. All right. So if we take Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, who plays in like our, our roughing the passer modern era, and we take he got his in 2012. Yeah, but he didn't really start though till 2015. 20. That actually sounds right. Yeah, doesn't matter. He'll he'll be in this era. Is the main point. He um, started so in 2015. Take... Yeah, way to go, Josh. I'm proud of you. I'm a good guy. Uh, after I just told our audience to go fuck themselves, so yeah, they can. <laughs> so if if you take her cousin's ninety five and multiply it by our zero point eight seven for the era he plays in, Corwin, without looking, without doing this math on your own, where do you estimate his new quarterback rating to be? Um, I would put his at about a seventy nine. Not far off, 82.65, so okay, three points okay. off from what you said, yeah. Which I think is pretty fair, honestly. Why not? Yeah, I mean, that's still above average, which, you know, naturally he is. Um, I would argue that it's probably still a little too... How do I want to put this? It's probably still a little too era... 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's like weighted in the favor of the era that he's still in. Like he's still right. naturally in an offense that's focused around him, focused on throwing touchdowns, minimizing interceptions, all that jazz. So there's still more that we could do, but that's still a good number to keep him at. Yeah, I, I'd say Corwin's hitting on the main point here is that this is definitely a more fair number for, for Kirk Cousins, um, especially when you're comparing him to quarterbacks of other generations like Joe Montana. The thing is, though, is that it's going to be so hard to take away so much noise. There's so much noise and randomness with or, – uh, or not randomness per se, but the game's just so different. So even though this is this, I'd say for for a lazy, <laughs> lazy math that I did here, it's it's pretty good. I I I'd put Kirk Cousins in the top fifteen quarterbacks. Um, maybe not by your ability to win game, but by his ability to generate the numbers that cause QBR to go or QB rating to go up. Right? He gets right. touchdowns. He gets yards. He doesn't have a lot of interceptions, and he gets. Uh, his completion percentage high. What Corwin's saying is, is true, though, is that he's in a position where that's the way the game's played now. And that wasn't the way the game so much was played when, um, what was his name from the Chicago Bears? Uh, McMahon? Uh, yeah. Joe Jim McMahon? McMahon? Jim yeah. McMahon. That wasn't the case when Jim McMahon was winning the Super Bowl in 1985 with the Chicago Bears. It, it it not that it did matter, not that these things don't matter, but it's it's a difference where if you have we're seeing the completion percentage record being broken. I think we've seen it broken every year the past 3 years, right Corwin? Um I I think don't Drew Brees think broke it and then Sam Bradford broke it and then Drew Brees broke it. Right? I don't know about three years ago. I know it's been broken the past two years. Regardless, I mean... just it's... I just want to point out, uh, Jim McMahon had a career quarterback rating of 78.2. It's pretty good. It's considering yeah, pretty, he played... Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, slightly above average. I think that's fair for a man who won the Super Bowl. In um, 1996, he had a QB rating of 105.2. Really? That's was that one who's at the Packers? He only played five games, though. Oh wait, <laughs> he he had three completions on four attempts. <laughs> Never mind. But isn't that in a full season? That, it was ninety-seven point eight. Isn't Sorry, that right there? What you just said a great example of some of the flaws behind this? Yes. Absolutely. Right. Shit, so shit can get weird. Yeah, and I think that's kind of. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at with this is that you can error adjust with quarterback stats, but it's not the same as error adjusting with like hockey where while aspects of the game have changed that have affected scoring, the way you play the game at its very core, not just, you know, the way strategy is in the NHL because that changes over time, but the way you play the game at its core isn't overly varied. The way you play baseball at its core isn't overly varied. The way you shift your defense around and the styles of pitching and blah, 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 blah. But pitcher, ball, hitter, bat is the same. The way you play football has changed drastically. And that's something that no math can really take out of these numbers. Preach. At the end of every one of these episodes, you always give a nice little summary, you break everything down, <laughs> you go on a little rant, and I fucking love it. It's great. Uh, well, I've, I've been teaching for nine years. <laughs> Very Josh used Tracy, to it. motivational speaker. Yeah, come to my seminar. Give me money. <laughs> um, was there anything else we want to talk about with this article in particular? I mean, I, I have these... There's some stuff I kind of wanted to mention just about how this is a trend that's not changing anytime soon. But um, you know what? no, that's, that's a like great way to go. Let's, let's talk about future. Why don't we do that now? Because I don't have anything else left to say. All right, cool. 
so looking into the future, I know that we can keep adjusting this for era and we could change the weights for the rating or we can develop a new rating if we want to. This isn't something that's ever going to go down. So with the way offenses are set up now, everything revolves around the quarterback. I mean, that's clearly the case with the way rules have been changing to protect them, to allow passing downfield, to protect receivers, to hinder cornerbacks. It's all focused on the passing game. And with the NFL being a business and with passing being just fucking exciting, that's not something that's ever going to change. Um, so sure, we could develop a new stat or we can just say, hey, this is going to go up. We're in a different era. Let's go with it and fucking take us to the moon. You know, like offenses these days, whether the NFL continues to adapt the spread offense, whether they start to adapt more air raid concepts, um, there's so much that offensive coordinators and head coaches can do to really open up space on the field to give receivers and quarterbacks more room to operate and in turn that's going to make just their lives easier every single time they play and step on the field so why not let's just have crazy high passer ratings in the future why not what do you I mean, that's what's going to happen, honestly. I I think at some point... Ah. No, I was going to say, thinking at some point, maybe the NFL would would address passer rating going up, but I also don't think they care, and I don't blame them for that. Um, what do you think it would take, though? Because one of the things I had mentioned when going through what I did for this error adjustment part was how passing attempts per game has succeeded. Rushing attempts per game since, mm-hmm. uh, what did I say, 1983? Um, uh, yes. What do, you, what, what do you think it would take for that to to reverse again? What do you think? It, what um, I, I know it's so improbable, but like, what do you think would have to change in the game to make that happen again? So basically, that's something that we're seeing. We're seeing it go back towards a more even. What am I, what am I trying to say? Let me gain my thoughts. So we've seen some teams start to move back towards a running-oriented offense. Um, The Seahawks have been doing it for years. The Titans have been doing it with their exotic smash-mouth football. Uh, The Bears were doing it before Matt Nagy came to town. There's a couple teams that do focus on running the ball, and that's really just been because, as so many other teams have been adapting their defense to combat these passing offenses and how efficient they are defensive backs and defenders are getting smaller in order to get faster they're taking away defensive linemen and linebackers um, in order to have nickel and dime defenses we saw it in the playoffs this year where the los angeles chargers ran an entire game against the ravens with seven defensive backs on on the field seven defensive backs on the field which is unheard of it's insane Um, it worked great against the ravens because they can't fucking throw the ball to save their life and then they tried it against this other kind of good team and well they kind of got fucked in the ass shockingly Um, (laughs) so we are seeing this start to happen but it i don't think it's ever gonna go back to the way it was unless there's drastic rule changes on the Um, offensive and defensive side of the ball that kind of inhibit the quarterback's ability to pass the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. So it's interesting because one of the things I've been hearing a lot, I'd say maybe the past like two seasons, is, you know, uh, as linebackers keep getting lighter and speedier, Mm -hmm. which it has been a trend, uh, we're going to be reverting back to a ground and pound game. And I thought that was kind of interesting because the way it played out in the Patriots game by having, you know, defensive backs who are smaller dudes in general than linebackers playing kind of linebacker-esque style football led to them getting blasted by <laughs> screen passes and running game. Yeah. Because they, they couldn't stop people. So I think if 
everyone started doing what the Pats did against the Chargers. But the problem is it's such a specific situation to be in. I just have a hard time thinking it could ever go that way just from play style. I think you're right. They'd have to change rules. Which, if that's the case, what what primary rule change do you think would cause things to revert? I'd have to say they'd probably have to get rid of pass interference. Like altogether, or just like the all together, just way getting rid it? of. I think if they altogether got rid of pass interference and. Ooh, that's a good question. What else could they get rid of? Removing pass interference would basically just result in absolute madness with defensive backs just completely murdering and mugging receivers left and right. Um, do you? Th- oh, they could always. As an aside, do you think that that's a bad thing? Like, I I know that the NFL wants offense, but I also kind of love seeing the physicality between a corner and a wide out trying to both go for like a jump. Like, I think that's fun. No, don't get me wrong. I think there needs to be some protections in there. Like you can't just randomly tackle a dude like 15 yards downfield because you feel like it without the ball being thrown. But like, I, I, I'd like the physical game. I think the way it is now is actually a really nice sweet spot. So I love seeing physical play against cornerbacks and receivers but basically where they draw the line now is just don't hold back their arms and prevent them from catching the ball and I think that's kind of necessary I mean you gotta you can't just fucking bear hug the guy or hold his arms back and say oh that's allowed it's fine that's totally fair because it's not Um, I think sometimes refs get a little ticky tacky with it and I hate seeing that but yeah, I, I hate think, the uh, I hate the ones where it's like, ah, oh, he tugged on his jersey a little bit. Like, real? That, Come on, that shit's, really? That shit's bullshit, and I don't like yeah. seeing that. But the way the rule's supposed to be, I like that implementation. Um, and I just hope they kind of refine it to get rid of the tugging on the jersey and not looking back at the ball and all that kind of stuff. So let me bring this back to quarterback rating for a second. So if we were to error adjust by changing the weights, okay, I think the way I would do it, and I, I want to hear how you would do it, is I would change what was important for maybe more important for each era. So like maybe I would make um, touchdowns more valuable for older eras and interceptions uh, less of a detriment in older eras because they were more part of the game, kind of expected and happened more frequently as compared to today. Like, I, I, so like what I'm saying is like you could nerf today mm-hmm. by making touchdowns less valuable, right? By making and yards less like valuable. Yards less valuable, right. Or you could look at it the other way. I mean, you could also do both. You know, you could increase one and decrease the other mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if if you were, and we don't have to do any math right now because we did all this, we did enough. Uh, but like, what would you do with the waiting process? I mean, that's the only way that you're ever gonna get a fair QB rating across all different eras is to create different ratings for each era. Um, I mean, you're never gonna be able to tinker with the numbers to find it where it's fair for all different years that it's been implemented and all that BS. Um, it'd be something cool to see. I have no idea how they'd end up breaking down the eras for real. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, they're going like to have to... You like my mildly improvised eras I threw together spontaneously? <laughs> I mean, considering how improvised they were, I actually think they did a good job. Um, I would Thanks, have just pal. changed the last one to like when they... I would have added a whole tiny little era for when they implemented the crazy new pass interference ones. Um, but in all honesty, they'd probably have to do one for every year since 2007 with all the changes that they make. So many rule changes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, like they'd have to start a new one this year with changing what a catch is and that kind of, you know, 
tweaking. That little just like, yeah, like little hinky-dinky little rules that don't sound like huge changes, but definitely do affect the effectiveness of and efficiency of quarterbacks. So, so with the – yeah, I mean, this is – all right, let me start that over. It's, it's an interesting conversation because I think we as sports fans love talking about this kind of shit. You know, like what if Dan Marino played under today's rules? How would God. Tom How would Tom Brady fare if he played on I don't know like a really shitty team from the eighties? Like what if he was on the Not Saints well. back when there were the Aints? You know, like <laughs> I, th- I I I th- back in Archie Manning's day. God, <laughs> like, what I'd give to see Archie Manning in today's NFL. But, but see, like that, like that story. right there, that's an example, you know? Like, I think we, we love having these conversations, and, and so giving, like, an error adjustment for these stats is a fun way of being like, well, it might look something like this, you know? Like, mm-hmm. well, there there you go. So we, we as sports fans like looking at other errors, especially, you know, maybe ones you grew up in. You know, I, I'd love to see what, like, Maybe how does Chad Pennington compare in today's NFL? Because I have such a soft spot for Chad. First quarterback I ever oh, saw live. I. Fucking met him. He's a great really? guy. Yeah. Remember, I have that. I have a signed Chad Pennington hat that uh, I, I got signed oh, in person. I knew you had the hat. I didn't realize he was the first person you saw live. That's yeah, well, cool. I, um, I went to, used to go to Jets games as a kid when they played in Giant Stadium before there was um, personal seat licenses. So tickets were significantly cheaper. So and Chad Pennington was the quarterback when I was a child, and then I got to meet him like two or three years ago. And dude's just the nicest fucking guy in the world. It's crazy. I don't. I cool. I would never want to be as nice as him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're too New York for that. I I yeah I don't care enough. <laughs> but uh, but do do you think? Just this era adjustment really tells you anything about comparing kind of overall these like like d- does this do it for you? It definitely helps. I don't know if it's enough. I mean, it's definitely something that you could look at and be like it gives you a really great view of just like, all right, maybe this guy wasn't so great or all this jazz. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just so I'm so, just so hooked on you have to have the eye test for quarterbacks, you know? Like there's way too much stuff that they do on the field that's based on offenses and all that that you really just can't get out of a box score or a stat sheet. Um so I mean, I love these stats. I love just drooling over them and seeing like, "Oh, this is so cool" and all that, but it's it's not going to be the end all be all for me. Yeah, I, I think this almost becomes like a, like a needs context stat if we're going across the ages because one of the things that I, I I would ask in addition to this, right, if for whatever reason this became important, <laughs> ever adjusting quarterback mm-hmm. play, is like, okay, so what are we saying is causing this change? Like, is there, are we saying that because of the rules, interceptions were just crazy higher? Are we saying that um, quarterbacks, like, is it harder to score touchdowns back then or was it defensive rules like I think this is a great at a glance stat adjustment this is a great like real quick just how in a general sense would this number look in this year I think it's got that kind of use Mm -hmm. but if like I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, hold on Real quick, I want to see. What what do you think? While I look it up, I want you to guess what Tom Brady's uh, career quarterback rating is. Okay. Guess for me. What do you think? Eighty nine point eight. Eighty nine point eight. Mhm. Oh, I was gonna go way higher. Uh, I'll say I don't have it up in front yet. Well, isn't like the highest? Oh wait, no. I th- I was thinking uh, the highest was ninety two point three, but that's the average. I'd say ninety six point eight. 
All right, well, now I have it in front of me, so I can't guess, but you are so close. It's 97.6. Damn. So close. So now if we took if we took 97.6 and we multiplied it by our, was it 0.87? Yep. Mm-hmm. So equals 97.6 times 0.87. We get uh, just about 85. But now, so that's eight points lower than Joe Montana. Are we willing to say that that's the end-all, be-all for Joe Montana was better than Tom Brady? If you told me no. Joe Montana is 8% better than Tom Brady, or not 8%, but 8 points better on rating than Tom Brady, I would have laughed in your face and walked away. You know? like Yeah. I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan. I think we've picked up on that by now. I do think he's a better quarterback than Joe Montana. Um, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with numbers that don't get caught in counting stats. And so yeah. we saw it go one way where we're saying, you know, like there weren't counting stats to inflate QB rating in the olden days. But there's also a lot of stuff involved with just being a football player that's just not going to pick up. Because, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I think we brought this up last time we talked about this as well. Tom Brady's probably never had to really give a shit about the fourth quarter. You know, and so like that's going to affect his counting stats, and that's going to affect his quarterback rating. I wish I lived in the universe where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick never met up. God. Or couldn't they just be like a like a friendlier team? Right, like I don't even care about all the cheating. Just Tom Brady's such a douche. He really is. He seems like uh, the most unrelatable guy on the planet. He kisses his son on the mouth. It's so creepy. Oh. He makes out with his son. It's not even just like a peck. Like, they use tongue. <laughs> well, that's not true. Well, we don't know that for sure. I thought the weirdest part of it was that he beckoned him to him. He was like, come, he child, called kiss him me back. on the mouth. No, yeah. the worst was that he called him back when the first kiss wasn't good enough. That's the bad part. Oh, so creepy. Oh, I'm getting chills just sitting in my chair. Real quick, is it, uh, what do you think Tom Brady's uh, career high is for quarterback rating for a season? Ooh, I think it's going to be like a 101.3 back in 07. Uh, it was 07, but you're incredibly far off. It was 117.2. Holy fucking shit. Led the league. He also led the league one other time in 2010. Uh, with a 111.0. What was Peyton Manning's in 2015? Um, give me a guess. Ah, uh, fuck. Probably 115.3. All right, I don't have it up. I'm going to say I'm going to say 120 just cuz it's so stupid. All right. All right. Oh. All right, so 2015 Oh, wait, 2015 or 2014? Uh, whatever year he threw, like, 56 touchdowns. Or 53, whatever it was. 55. Um, oh, so that was 2013. Okay. Wow, 20... was it really? Did he retire Did... in 2015? Yeah, so that was the 2013-2014 okay. season. Man. 115. Like so Woo! Got it right. What do you think his career high was? Uh, I thought it would have been that year, but I guess no. I'm wrong. I'm going to say 118 then. 121.1. Greatest quarterback of all time. No 2000 and 2004. Yeah, that yeah, I... He's so good. This is the thing that I really miss about watching Peyton Manning, and I was thinking about this during the um the Saints game. Uh which we refer before we're recording this having watched the um just the divisional round of the NFL playoffs I miss watching him just be the offensive coordinator 2 seconds before snapping the ball like the dude was just so good smartest that's, most well prepared quarterback in the history of the NFL that that's why I'll always prefer him over Tom Brady is that I think Tom Brady's got to be 
he's like the executioner. The dude's mm-hmm. always going to do it right. Like, whatever you need him to do, the dude's always going to do it right. That's why he's one of the greats. Because whatever is needed of him, he's got it. Like, it's, it's never going to be a problem. But he'll never be, he'll never be Peyton Manning, who would just invent shit on the fly. I miss the sheriff. I wish I was able to watch more of him in his prime. Like, I, I never know. really got a chance to watch him before the next surgery. And I fucking hate that I didn't. I wish I watched more of him. I mean, same. The dude was just amazing. I, I have, like, I have small memories of him before his Bronco days because I didn't get to see him much. I remember beating him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was super fun. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, because I... The real thing is, I didn't really just, I just didn't watch as much non-Jets football then, in his Colts days. I would say that, I mean, Bo Jackson will always be my favorite NFL player of all time. But if I fucking met Peyton Manning in person, I think I'd have a heart attack. Like, I genuinely would probably faint if I met the sheriff. Dude, I don't remember most of my conversation with Chad Pennington because I was standing there like, you're fucking Chad Pennington. Just <laughs> so enamored. <laughs> yeah, I was I was shook, my friend. Um, but just to wrangle this topic all the way back to, to where we started, um, <laughs> is there anything else you'd want to say on quarterback rating? Or um, should I say this historical or era adjustment we did today? No, I made peace with it. I said what I had to say. All right. That's a real depressing answer, but, you know, that is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of did too. I, I found this to be fun and interesting. It was uh, it was a fun way of kind of having to come up with a solution and think through all the steps. I had a good time, like, really looking up some of, like, the bigger rule changes that led to what I ended up choosing as some of these errors I thought was really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of, it, it kind of, this, this is very is what it is. Final answer here. If you want to write in with a topic that you have in mind, if you have any comments about what we did today, uh, if there's anything at all you want to be sharing with us, you can reach us at juicing the numbers at gmail.com juicing the numbers at gmail.com. Go fuck yeah, you yourself. Can, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you can reach us on Twitter at JuicingPod. Um, that's at JuicingPod. You can check out the website at um, JuicingTheNumbers.WixSite.com slash website. JuicingTheNumbers.WixSite.com slash website. And, uh, the slash website is important. You're going to need that for the site to work. It's that threw me vital. off for a couple days. It's vital. <laughs>